Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode 185. I am your host, Nate Maxson, and this week we begin the process of going through conversations about the 2022 We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame. This is the third year that we have done the Hall of Fame, um, and so far inductees include... Here's the list of inductees so far the past two years. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant, Randy Savage, Vince McMahon Jr., Steve Austin, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, Bruno Sammartino, Jerry Lawler, Harley Race, Jim Cornette, Bret Hart, and Lou Thez. And then now we have the class of 2022, which the ballots are in, the votes were taken, and everything. And this year, our inductees into the Hall of Fame was a who's who. And um, I will run through just quickly the criteria that the panel has to consider. We have a panel of 13, I believe, this year uh, to consider to be inducted into the Hall of Fame or even put on the ballot. Ten years plus as a pro, exceptions can be made in a situation like Magnum TA, for instance. In-ring ability, promo ability, being of significance to the business, whether as a whole or to a certain promotion or territory. Drawing power. And for tag teams, they need to have been a consistent team for at least one calendar year. Um, I have a conversation, a series of conversations over the next few weeks with different members of the panel discussing the results and who they would like to see get into the halls of Hall of Fame in the years to come. And also remember, someone can only be on the ballot for five years, and then they have to go back through the nomination process. So that is another um, kink, I guess you'd say, in the in the in the uh, machination here of the Hall of Fame. But without further ado, the 2022 class of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. Our inductees this year are the Road Warriors, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Shawn Michaels, Gene Okerlund, Fred Blassie, Buddy Rogers, Kurt Henning, and Paul Heyman. And I have the honor and the privilege to sit down with two of my great friends, Mr. David Gold and John Majewski, who are two members of the panel. And they will be the ones I am discussing the Hall of Fame with this week. So... That being said, here it is, my discussion with David Gold and John Majewski on this week's We Can't Wrestle podcast, discussing the 2022 class of the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame. All right, wrestling fans here on the, yeah, that's what it's called, the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I am happy to be joined this week by two of my favorite people in the world. Firstly, the one, the only, the magic man, Mr. John Majewski. What is up, everybody? I'm so happy to be here. I always love to sit around, talk to Nate, talk to Gold. Um, and if you know any of us, it, like, if the the topic could be what type, color of wrestling ropes, and we could sit here for three hours and talk about that alone. So I always have a blast. Nate, thanks for having me, and I'm glad to be here. Oh, yes, absolutely. And like, like Magic mentioned just a second ago, also here with us is the chief executive officer and executive chairman of the asylum. He, he, he put his way, he, he didn't get his way back into power like McMahon, but he's here anyway, <laughs> David Gold. I'd like how you did the, uh, like they could see us when you, when you turn the recording on and like you gave everyone the blue steel and like turned <laughs> your face into the camera. That was classic right there. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I did actually buy my way back into power. I had to give magic waffles. Yeah, and it was a big order of waffles. <laughs> but look at all that voting power he has now. He had to, he had to set up a payment plan. 
Lots of waffles. There's blueberry. There we have at Big Lots. They have they have this is stupid, I know, but we have fruity what fruity pebbles pancake syrup. And I was like, that is too much sweet on top of sweet. Like my diabetes started acting up just looking at the bottle. You know, kind of like we were talking before the camera. If I saw that, I would have been like, that's gross, but I must try but it. <laughs> and then he dips it in like a vanilla cream sauce. Or something. <laughs> the only thing that makes this better is butter. More sugar. Like he dips it in a bowl of sugar. Let's make this more sugar. You, you, you put it on your tooth and it just starts dissolving the tooth. Yeah. Well, what we're actually here to talk about is the 2022 Weekend Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame. Um, it, this is my favorite thing to do every single year just because everybody knows I'm a history dork when it comes to wrestling. And and uh, this is kind of my baby. Um, I already pre-recorded an intro so that John and David didn't have to listen to my rules that they have to see every year. So that's already out there, all the criteria, all the semantics. But this year's ballot wound up being... Um, and remember, people can only be on the ballot for five years, and then they go back to the nominating process. But with his third year on the ballot, Stu Hart, third year on the ballot, Roddy Piper, Paul Heyman with his third year on the ballot, Shawn Michaels, third year, Sting, third year, Ricky Dozon, third year, Gene Okerlund, third year. Now, the second year candidates were Mick Foley, Arn Anderson, The Rock, Fred Blassie, and Bob Backlund. And then our first year candidates this year were Vader, Kurt Henning, Ted DiBiase, the Road Warriors, The Junkyard Dog, The Midnight Express, Sensational Sherry, Rick Rude, Rick Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, The Sheik, the original Sheik, not the Iron Sheik, Buddy Rogers, and John Cena. And then our final ballot, our final class this year, and we will talk about them, and then we'll talk about some of the people that uh, John and David voted for that did not get in this year that they, and with their reasoning for voting for them. But the first ones we'll talk about are the ones that got the most votes. There were two Firstly, this year, getting seven votes from the panel, the Road Warriors are in the Hall of Fame. So, David, I'll start with you. I don't think you voted for the Road Warriors. Let me look. I did. You did? Yeah. Okay, you did. I vote. I'm surprised this is – and you said this is their first year. That makes me really surprised. Um, what can't be said? I mean, if you had made this like during their time in WWF – Maybe we'd be having a different discussion, but uh, for those of us fans that know them before, what WWF ended up doing to them, um, these guys were innovators. You know, um, good on the mic, could kick your ass, scary, could wear any color pads. You could have put them in purple or pink pads, you know, and they would have been just as menacing as they were. And honestly, we had the the, the blessing to work with Joe. For those of us who don't know his real name, Joe, it's Ant Road Warrior Animal. We had we had a blessing of actually getting close with him and working with him and doing stuff with him, making wrestle buddies with him. I got close with and still are still to this day is close with his wife. Um, and of course, cheap plug, Asylum is releasing some Road Warrior figures. Obviously, mm -hmm. those yes. will be out uh, in the summer of 2023. So, I mean, just overall, their their body of work makes them one of the greatest tag teams ever. Just just everything they did um, was innovative. So that's why I chose them. And I'm really surprised we didn't vote for them the last. I think this is our third year doing it, if I'm yes. not mistaken. 
So, so well, and it, it it just it starts out. It's it's like I said the first year we did it. It starts out really hard because you only have, and that's why that's why I think it's fun. That's why I put parameters on how many people can be on the ballot and stuff because it's a challenge. You have to pick, pick and choose. You know, like the first year you got in your guys like your Hulk Hogan and your Randy Savage and your Steve Austin, and it's just whittling through all that talent. Like for example, I love the Road Warriors, but I did not vote for them this year because there's other people. I had to, you have, you have to, you have to like pick and choose who you're voting for. And, um, but they were fantastic, John. So, um, first let me say, I also did not vote for them, but I'm like you, Nate, that, that is, has nothing to do with me not thinking they're amazing or thinking they're great workers or had a lot of influence or any of that. But I think we're still so early in this hall of fame and this version of it that we're still, um, at least in my opinion, we're still in more people that had more to do with the business. And once again, please don't take that as I'm saying anything negative because now I want to go into the road warriors and what I loved about them. Um, so my first impression was Legion of doom Mm -hmm. and Legion of doom was cool. They were awesome. Um, you know, especially, especially at my younger time was, you know, like I loved all the survivor series when it was all the face paint guys and they were with warrior and all that. And they were just kick ass, awesome guys. Um, then my first, my first introduction to, Hey, it's not just Legion of doom was an old WCW Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, Hey, that's Legion of Doom, but they're like in blue or something. So, um, cause growing up, I didn't have cable. So it's whatever my local channels had. That's what I could watch. And, um, all we had was WWF. So then as I got older, I was able to go to the stores on my own more often, see the, you know, all the, the dirt sheets and all that type stuff. And then as you get even older, I can start to see that some of their Japan stuff, I mean, I still think, um, God, what is it? I can't say because I'd mess something up, but one of their Japan matches, their entrance, it's still like to this day known as one of the most badass entrance. And all they're doing is like walking to the ring looking like some badasses. You know, it's, <laughs> yes. there, there's no like crazy backflips or, or crazy pyro or anything. Nothing that it's just those were two guys in the ring, out of the ring, whatever, no one, I don't care if you were Hulk Hogan, I don't care if you were Andre the Giant, if you saw those two guys in the bar, you were not picking a fight with them. Yeah, but um, as you were as you were talking, the word I was thinking of was presence. They have exactly. a presence. And their matches with Hogan in Japan. Oh, you know? 100%. And, and here's the thing, too. Until later on in my wrestling fandom, I thought they were two powerhouses. But God, if you go back and watch some of their stuff, they are some high spot running fools. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking more like the old school high spots, whatever. But I mean, they could go. And um, so though I did not vote for them, it was had nothing to do with they don't deserve it. It was just more of the choices we have. So Same. but I am hand in hand. Um, I got to work with Joe a little bit here in Texas. He was, you know, a big guy in a federation around here. So great dude, awesome dude. Um, I have no problem with either of them. And as a team, they, me personally, 
just because, you know, as we're all kids, they kind of ha have that bigger spot in your heart. Legion of Doom, because that's where I first watch them, will always be one of my all-time favorites. Right. The next person also got seven votes from seven members, obviously, of the panel. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and you two did both vote for Roddy Piper. Um, I will. I did not. Again, I have my reasons, and I will get into it. But the you can't deny the unbelievable talent and charisma of Roddy Piper. That's right. Yeah, this guy, and I might have got more caught into his life story to know where he came from. He was not an educated person. Um, you know, literally was basically kind of had that carny entrance into wrestling. Um, but he is one of the few that if you told me he's the number one baby face, he's going to get the biggest pop. If you tell me he's the number one heel, he's going to get the biggest pop. You know, he could work either way. Um, he could do very controversial stuff and get away with it. Yeah. And even later on in his career where he was, you know, when he came back to WCW that time, though maybe he didn't quite have it in the ring like he used to, his promos were still on point. And he would put Hollywood Hogan in his place, and I loved it. And, um, you know, I, I lean a lot on, listen to a lot of, like, Ric Flair. And Flair talks about this guy as high as it can go. And I do not disagree with that one bit. Definitely deserving of the Hall of Fame. David? I I don't know. I, I think his WCW matches were tremendous, too, in the mid-90s against Hogan and NWO and stuff like that. I mean, I, I, and then his backyard, his uh, brawl lot, whatever they called it, against Goldust at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. When they had the film of O.J. Simpson's car. <laughs> like, nobody would know. As a kid, you didn't notice it, but when you got older, you're like, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the, the backlot brawl—that's what it was. Yeah, called. the backlot brawl. And, and I'll never, I'll, ne I'll never forget watching it. Vince McMahon, if you watch WrestleMania 12, whenever he says brawl, he doesn't say brawl; he says bra. So like <laughs> all night, he's like the backlot brawl. The, the brawl. Backlot, yeah. I guess, I guess it is. I guess it is gold dust. But he's got that's get. the one. What is it? His wrist or whatever? He legit breaks. Yeah. Ugh. What a match. Good call, Gold. I mean, Piper on the microphone, Piper's pit, some of the big moments that happened on Piper's pit, iconic moments. Um, just the, the guy could do anything. And, and even before he got to the WWF, in his uh, days, of Kurt, his stuff with Kurt Henning, I, he just deserves to be in it. There, there is no wrestling without Piper. It's a shame he didn't get a title run, but he just didn't need a belt. He's one of those guys that didn't need a belt to stand out. Mm -hmm. And um, But I would have loved to see him as either a heel or a face. And I don't care what anyone says, WrestleMania won. There is no WrestleMania without him. It's funny because you, you, you said that, and the next thing I was going to say when you were done was that there is that age-old question that people ask all the time. Without Piper as the heel against Hogan, does Hulkamania and WrestleMania succeed? You know, with that, without that initial, without that initial rocket boost of having of having him attached to Piper, I mean, there was, and, and I'm not, I'm not 
dismissing anyone like a Paul Orndorff or a Bob Orton or or even Dr. D. David Schultz, but there was no heel in the world at the time that would have been a better matchup to get that Hulkamania thing up and running. No, I, there would have been. Now, the Orndorff stuff, when he turned on Hogan, that was oh, some yeah. good stuff. That's my favorite Hulk Hogan feud. But there, there, there would be no WrestleMania one without Piper. He was all in their faces, spitting at them, frothing at the mouth, screaming. You know, it's almost like when Kurt Hang, Kurt Henning did that. I hate rap stuff in WCW. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there just would be no WrestleMania one without Piper. No, you're right. And you know, I've always kind of wished, like, like the Piper Hogan feud. Um, I think isn't seen as big because it was still it was pre pay per view. You know, I mean, I know it ended in WrestleMania and all that, but I always wonder, like, if that could have been even a little layer, like maybe WrestleMania seven, eight time, um, I think Piper would be even bigger than he is now because he mm-hmm. did so much great stuff. But, you know, back then it, it was still kind of regional and it was still TV, pay-per-view wasn't, you know. So he's one I kind of think would love to see him in just a little bit later product. Right. You know what I would have liked to see if we didn't have Ted against Macho Man for the belt? I'd have liked to see Piper against Macho Man for that belt at that WrestleMania. You know, you just I'm I'm sure Piper and Macho wrestled somewhere along the line, but you just nailed it 100%. That'd been And you know the the funny thing is either of them could go either way. Yep, heel or face. Heel face both ways. You could have had them both heel and then people would have loved it, you know, oh, like they yeah. did, you know, or two faces like they did with Warrior and Hogan. Exactly. The next guy that we inducted this year, uh, Magic voted for him, and I voted for him, and David did not, and it was Shawn Michaels. Um, I've been voting for Shawn since we started the thing, um, just because me personally, Shawn Michaels was was, because one of our criteria is your, your influence on the business, and his style was a game changer in American wrestling. You know, Shawn Michaels is the guy that a lot of the the guys that are around now, like a Kofi Kingston or an Xavier Woods or any of those guys look back and say, that was my guy. That was my favorite. And it's like the other thing about Shawn is Shawn's great because Shawn has two careers in wrestling. You know, he has the pre pre, I guess, cleaning up his life where Mm -hmm. You, you hear you hear from I mean Vince McMahon said it on, on I think it was Sean's DVD you know I, Sean would fight me until the minute he went through the curtain and then he would go to the ring and give me exactly what I wanted him to do you know so and then there's the Sean Michaels of the later years that came back and I'm so glad he got to have that resurgence of his career and work with younger talent and have his great series of matches with Undertaker and just cement his legacy because his legacy was kind of tarnished by the way he left in 1998. And it, it would have been a shame if that would have been it. He, although it was great. He just, you know, he kind of, he kind of tarnished his own legacy. And when he came back and his redemption and, and all that, just to me, surefire hall of famer. I think um, if you were to ask me, I didn't vote for him this time. Cause I picked a couple other names that I thought were a little bit more iconic in the business in terms of certain ways. The stuff from the 80s to the 90s, the rockers, the the heel turn when he threw uh, Janetti, or as like people like to joke, where Janetti ran through the glass pane <laughs> on him um, on the barbershop. 
that stuff was golden. His stuff was Sherry, his heel run. If you did it by errors, if you asked me between 96 and 98, I'd tell you no um, because of what he did during those years, even though his stuff with DX was still pretty good. But me, you're a you're thousand percent right. I was the, the, I was a huge fan of his win at uh, Elimination Chamber. I thought that was a big deal when he got the world title. His feud in 2002 with Triple H is probably one of the greatest feuds I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. When they had, and then they did all the f- five stages of hell matches, the hell in the cell they wrestled and cage match and all the stuff they did. Um, and then his Undertaker stuff until he retired. And then, you know, his, when he retired Ric Flair, I think he, he was very good for the business. Um, he might have had his bad spots, but who didn't? So I mean I would I have nothing against him. There was just some other people that I felt this year should have gotten in before him. John. So this is one when I saw his name was one hundred percent. Holy shit! How is this guy not already in? <laughs> um, and you know I'd be lying to you because I I can't remember if I voted on him the previous two years. I should have probably kept track of that just so I could. So Guess I could who has see. it. The nerd has it. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, you did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't surprise me because in my opinion, he is the number one in-ring performer of all time. Um, doesn't mean he's my favorite wrestler. Doesn't mean he's my favorite face, my favorite heel. But when it comes to in that squared circle, it did not matter who he was against. He could be against a almost 60-year-old Ric Flair and make it look amazing. He could be in there against a seven-foot-tall dead man, make it amazing. He could be in there against a almost 60-year-old Hulk Hogan who can't move and make it very entertaining. Um, Like, he is so good. I go back to Midnight Rockers matches, and it doesn't take much to know. Nothing against Marty Jannetty. But wow, like even like 19-year-old uh, armband wearing whatever to – and I know I'm probably going to catch a lot of slack for this one. I even liked that last match, shaved head, googly eye, <laughs> HPK, um, and Triple H. And, and I don't know because obviously I'm, I'm you know, not in their backstage or anything – but it just cracks me up to think because in my mind, remember Triple H is pretty active still at that time. He goes, Hey, Sean, you know what? You just come back. Uh, don't worry. I'll do everything in the ring. We'll let you come in, get your comeback, you know, get the little shine at the end, get a nice little pop and you'll take the match. But then as we remember, Triple H tears his peck or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's just my mind. It's a little story I've made up. Probably not even this way. It's like the whole time HBK is like, "Ah, oh, screw you, <laughs> screw you, Triple H." For, you know, now you're hurt, and I got to do everything. <laughs> but hands down, in my opinion, number one in-ring performer all time. The next guy that got in this year, um, he's been on the ballot since the beginning, also, and uh, you guys. Both voted for him, and I did not. And it is Mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah, how is he not in it? I guess because of the names, but 
I mean, when you think of one on one nine hundred, nine oh nine, ninety nine hundred, <laughs> it's Mean Gene, baby. When you think of what was the was that that was and then the WCW hotline. It's just the guy. I mean, the Hasbro commercials, the interviews, the the stuff with Hogan when he's working out, you know, <laughs> yeah. about to wrestle. Drink the raw eggs, brother. Drink the raw eggs, brother. Yeah. He's got like a cigar and like a plate full of bacon when Hogan shows up. And it's like six in the morning and Gene's puffing on a cigar and eating the bacon. I met him in person a couple years ago. I got my elite signed by him. Really nice guy in person. I think, honestly, just overall one of the best. You can't really call him a manager, but one of the best ring announcers. One of the best in-ring people you can think of he was involved in everything he did great and everywhere he was you know it's a shame that um they were going kind of new age, new age so he had to go to wcw but even when he went over there the, the stuff that he did was just great um and then <laughs> then during the nwo he'll change and then hogan grabs him don't grab me i have a fleet of lawyers you know, it's just, <laughs> he's just epitomizes the uh the hall of fame in my opinion yeah um mean gene like the only the only reason i don't think he gets in necessarily sooner is just because we've only got so many slots and it's just hard to put mean gene up there that quick um but definitely deserving especially when you hear everyone you know because I think of, once again, I think back to the time where he, he was big, and I think of all those classic Hulk Hogan brother promos, and now you hear Hulk say, you know, Mean Gene led me everywhere in those promos. All I had to do was answer his questions, and he took me there. And then, uh, you know, yeah, goes to like, for, for Hogan, it was like, and I'm not taking anything away from, thing, for anything away from Hogan, but with Hogan, Gene was like, an accompaniment to his character and it was like he was like an extra you know the, he was a part of when i think of hulk hogan one of the things i think of is mean gene interviewing hulk hogan it's like it's like a great lead singer with a great band behind him you know exactly. and gene's, gene's like that great band behind the lead singer right and even if that lead singer goes his voice is still good the songs are still good but it's not quite the same and um now, maybe this was me influenced a little by the time, but when Gene passed away, you know, I started going back, of course, because I was such a Hulkamaniac. I started watching a lot of the classic Hogan, Mean Gene, and then I remember Hogan saying, like, oh, he led me a lot. So I was just curious, and then I tried to stay in that same time frame, and you go to whoever, whether it was Vince or whoever at the time would interview him. And, I mean, like I said, I might have been influenced because, you know, Gene had just passed away. But it was very much like I was like, oh yeah, this is this is almost night and day difference in how good it was, you know. Mm -hmm. So definitely deserving, in my opinion. You know, I miss when they used to scream, you know, like and me and Gene would be interviewing them and they're yelling. Like <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it, it just it was great. Like they're screaming and spitting and <laughs> yeah, like like magic like magic talked about Survivor series earlier, you know. You think about those. You think about those crazy ass like they let's go to Mean Gene Okerlund with whoever, whatever the team is, and they'd go to like this team of heels, and every one of them is just screaming something. Yeah. You know, nobody you can't make out what the hell anybody's saying. They're all just screaming at the same time. Yeah, it's, yeah, now it's, it's, it's like always the meme of 
so you just did five lines of coke you know or something and it's yeah, that's what it looked like. And then, like, Warrior would snort. So it's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, Warrior was even – he was even <laughs> crazier because he – like, his promo – Warriors! Made no <laughs> he, would just, he would just make shit up. Like, I was watching um, Survivor Series 90 the other night, and it always cracks me up when I hear it because the final three survivors for the faces because they have that final match of survival at that show that they never did again, but – the, the, the team is Hulk Hogan, Warrior, and T Tito Santana. So you're watching and you know who's going to take the fall in that match. But anyway, <laughs> um, he says, he says the, 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 uh, he says the way of the warrior, the Hulkamaniacs. And then for Tito, he says, and the Ariba Derchi. And I was just like, that is so, that's ridiculous. But it's like, it's <laughs> the Ariba. I just like when they had the camaraderie too, like, they would like choke each other and hug each other during the Survivor Series interviews and stuff, and yeah. hype each other up. And right, it was you funny. Get that anymore? You might have never seen them together. They might have even wrestled each other. But Survivor Series, it's like they were best friends and sharing an apartment for three years or something. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like come over here and choking each other, and you're gonna win, right? Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The next guy that got in this year is the guy that I have voted for each year so far. So I'm glad he got in. And speaking of great promos and great heels, um, it's Classy Freddy Blassie. Um, a lot of people that maybe listen to this show that are younger and maybe have not gone back and studied enough to know that there was a time in the United States and in Japan where Fred Blassie was the biggest heel on the planet. Um, and I'll get into Ricky Dozan later. Wrestler, right? Yes, when he was a wrestler. And then when he when he transitioned into a manager, he was a great manager. But And I'll get into Ricky Dozan later, but there are literally the feud between Fred Blassie and Ricky Dozan in Japan is why Japanese people started buying televisions, because they wanted to see those two guys fight each other. And Blassie was was a huge, huge draw. Him and John Tolos feuding in California in the '60s, um, and he just and then coming to the WWF and transitioning into a manager. And he was one of the you know he was one of the staples of that company for over a decade. And I just Fred Blassie to me is one of the greats of all times. And he has a great autobiography. If you ever get a chance to read his book, it's really cool to see like shoot stories about Luthez. You know, like you, you, you would, you know, it's he, he does this whole thing where he goes, he has a dissertation about the how wrestling cards were booked back in the day. And he says, Luthez was a great wrestler. And everybody talks about in the 50s how great Luthez was in the 40s. But what they don't talk about is, yeah, you're going to see Luthez, but they don't talk about the boring ass two hours you got to sit through boring shit to get to Luthes. <laughs> but anyway, Fred Blassie to me, surefire Hall of Famer and one of the greats of all time. Yeah, so I didn't vote for him, and I'll be straight up honest. The only reason I probably don't vote for Freddie Blassie is because my ignorance on him. Um, he was a little before my time, definitely before YouTube and everything. Never right. watched him wrestle for sure. Um, I did get a little bit of the end of his manager run but even then he like you could tell he was like uh you know he wasn't moving that well even as right. a manager right and so 
so it's probably influenced by just my time period and when I watched wrestling. But with that being said, once again, it's like I said, doesn't mean he shouldn't be there. Doesn't mean I don't think he deserves it. Just with the names giving, that's who, you know, I left him out. But probably mainly because my ignorance on his time, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't vote for him either because um, I, I don't think it was more. It is before my time, but I did. Believe, weird enough, I was into this. I was into reading a lot of old magazines and stuff when I was a kid because you didn't really have the Internet yet. So I was right. able to kind of read a lot of the older magazines about Blassie and stuff. I really loved this stuff with Hogan when he was a heel in the early 80s. And one of the best classic Jacks two packs there is him and Hogan. Yes, I love that one. I love it. Yes, I do yeah. as well. Um, and then for those of them that don't know, when he strolled in during the invasion in his wheelchair and he's like, stand up, stand up. <laughs> he's motivating Team WWF. And everyone's, some people are like, who the hell is this guy? And others are like, it's Freddie freaking Blassie, you know? Um, so I, I just, he's great. He was one of the best antagonist heel managers there was. So I, I agree with it. He belongs. Pencil neck geek. Um, <laughs> the next guy that got in, um, I let me see. I think I voted for him this year. Let me make sure I did. It's the original nature boy, Buddy Rogers. Um, the blueprint for the modern, and when I say modern era, when they talk about modern era, not so much now. I guess I shouldn't use the word modern, but. I guess I will. He's the blueprint for the modern, like Ric Flair style heel. You know, he was the first one, you know, he, when he won the world championship, his quote was to a nicer guy, it couldn't have happened. And he was charismatic. And much like we were talking about with Blassie, I have, I have not seen a lot of, of Buddy Rogers. I've seen some, actually one of the first VHS tapes I remember having, um, but besides the WrestleMania four tape where you ho- open it up and Hogan's head pops up. Um, but I had just gotten like gotten convinced my mom at Kmart or something to buy me this random, like the greats of professional wrestling tape. And I'm like 11 years old or something. And I put it in and it's all this black and white shit. It's like from the fifties. And I'm like, I wanted to watch Hulk Hogan. But anyway, um, <laughs> there was a buddy Rogers match on there and he fought a guy named Bob Brown and or Bobby Brown. And when I was a kid, I thought it was funny because I'm, you know, humping around Bobby Brown. I'm thinking about this, you know, there's a Bobby Brown that's a wrestler. But anyway, um, coming, bring myself back, wrangling myself back here from my stupid story. There's no doubt in my mind that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, because like I said, influence on the business. He was the blueprint for what you saw with Ric Flair, what you see with with that style of a cocky tuxedoed heel. You know, he was your early seventies Ric Flair. Just to just put it th- for the, anybody that doesn't know who he is, like he's the original Nature Boy. That's where Flair got the name. He won it from him. He's the guy that Bruno beat for the WWF Championship to start. Sold out his Madison life. Square Garden all the time with Bruno. Mm-hmm. Well, well before my time, and and Nate's not that much older than I am, but still. Well before my time, um, but you know, there's nothing but nice. Just a typical great heel to, that you love to hate. So I agree with the selection as well. 
yeah, once again, um, I didn't vote for him, but just like Blassie before, um, you know, if, if you want to take what we do with this Hall of Fame seriously, I, I'm just ignorant on him. But what I can say is that I'm such a fan of Ric Flair. I research a lot of his stuff. And his early on stuff with Buddy Rogers is awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then you hear him talk about it. And he basically says, I was using his stuff on him. You know, like, because <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I, and, and I'm not going to say it word for word because I don't remember, but there's one. And I mean, Ric Flair is young, like early 20s. And uh, people are asking him something about, what do you think you'll do against the great Buddy Rogers? And he and he's you know he's like, you need to forget about the Buddy Rogers. Years from now, people will be comparing Buddy Rogers to me. You know, I mean it's it's just old school hill stuff. Mm -hmm. And Flair, I mean Flat, I think admits I just took his stuff oh, yeah, and used yeah, it. You know, yeah. So, so I have no problem with him. The next guy is somebody that you two vote both voted for, and I did not. And again, this is one of those things where I will say like you guys have said a couple of times, it's just because there were other people I need. I wanted, I felt I needed to vote for because you said earlier, and I do love Shawn Michaels, John, you said earlier to you, Shawn Michaels is the greatest in ring performer of all time. For me, the most natural, my favorite wrestler to watch the most natural in ring performer of all time. Our next inductee is Kurt Henning. Um, yep, there was a guy that should have been a champion that did need a belt but should have held the world title, did hold the IC belt a couple times. Never seen a guy able to perform such a perfect Henning Plex on the, the Giant. <laughs> um, beat the, beat uh, Brock Lesnar up in an airplane, even as an old man. Um, how many of us as kids spit our gum out and smacked it in the air uh, and or missed when <laughs> – <laughs> or, or in my case, spit it out, smacked it, and then it went and hit Aaron in the head, which then made me laugh. Yeah. I mean, and, and then, like, it had such a basic but iconic ring gear. Mm -hmm. Just a simple singlet, but different colors, yellow, blue, black, you know, just orange. When you think about the Intercontinental title belt, you're thinking about it around his waist. I do. You know, 100%. that's the first, when I think about that belt, that's the first thing that comes into my mind is like Kurt Henning in the orange tights with the belt around his waist. And I dare anybody, and I always say this about Randy Orton and his generation, I dare anybody to watch any Kurt Henning match and find a hole in his game anywhere. What a natural. Yeah, you know, you talk about he's your number one in-ring performer. And, and I've got so much love for a lot of guys. I have a lot of best this best that best whatever kurt henning to me is the best worker ever in the ring meaning he didn't care who he was going with he worked i promise you twice as hard to make you look amazing than you did yourself even as a and manager I, when he was managing flair a hundred percent did not matter what who i mean there's the, the the famous little gif or whatever where texas tornado does his punch and and flair spins the other way because the force of the world was so you know whatever it is. <laughs> but i mean you watch any match and still to this day i've never seen a man or 
woman or in-ring performer work as hard to put the other person over as Kurt Henning did. And then go back. And once again, I got to go to my childhood just because all of us, right? That's where we got into this. Mr. Perfect might have been the most believable gimmick that wasn't just like, I'm your hero or I'm just a nasty bad guy. He had more to it. And I remember watching the, oh, hole in one, sinks a three pointer, hits a oh, home yeah. run, you know, what, whatever it was. And, Bowling, yeah. <laughs> and then, then, um, God, was there a better combo than him and Bobby the Brain, right? I mean, just Bobby played that role. And I, everyone, I still, like, I still love watching him throw the towel and Bobby catch it, you know, and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, and then, I think there's a couple times if you, if you go online, it's somewhere you just uh, like Scott Hall, who was buddies with him, watch. And it's like him watching Mr. Perfect or Kurt Henning matches. And like, you can just tell he's like, God, he, that dude was the best mm -hmm. because of him working so hard to make you look like a million dollars. So I, I love him. Um, his in-ring work, all that, obviously I didn't know him, but even his theme song was perfect. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I 100% believe that gimmick. And sorry, Red Rooster, you couldn't have pulled it off. Nobody could have pulled it off like he did. Nobody. And it'll never be replicated again. The last inductee this year, and none of us, none of the three of us voted for this gentleman. And I didn't vote for this gentleman because I, I just, I haven't been able, he's, he's actually been on the ballot since we started. And I can't yet, with the other names that are out there still in the ether, I cannot yet justify voting for him. But he got in, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. And again, like we keep saying, we're not taking anything away from him. It's Paul Heyman. Um, I'll take nothing away from Paul. Not only was Paul revolutionary because he revolutionized the business with ECW. Um, and a great, a great guy on the mic and what a long, great career and what, what, a, what a manager and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I love him, but there are, there are, there are nine people on this ballot that I would put in before I'd put Paul Heyman in again, not hating on him and, you know, good. I'm glad he got in. Cause I don't have to worry about voting, not voting for him anymore. Yeah. You know, when, when I think of Paul Heyman, I'm just like you, uh, Nate, I didn't vote for him just because same reason as you i don't have to go over that again but um but i don't hate them being there um and i think when it comes to people because we're all pretty close in age give or take a couple years here and there like i think there's a lot of love for our generation because of ecw um mm -hmm. and you hear all the great stories about him sleeping in trucks and not taking a dime to make sure he could pay his guys and all that and if true that's amazing but it's probably not really true because it's Paul Heyman, but that's also amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's nice to have a Shylock around once in a while in the business, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but what I will say is um, I'm more impressed with his later career. You know, what he's doing now, or at least in the recent future, or past, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you hear about when he was doing creative stuff, and uh, I his work with Brock, I loved, love, love. And his work with Roman, I've loved. So um, 
as much as ECW was cool for what it was, I really like current Paul Heyman even more. Mm-hmm. So, so that also might be because it's almost hard to see a current guy. And I know he's had a long career and he's older and all that, but it's still, you know, it's, it, I'm just like you. There's just so many more names right now, but I have no problem with him being in there. Goldie. Uh, I got to say, how did Vader not get in? I mean, anyways, um, I liked him as Paul Dangerously. Giant cell phone, giant brick phone. I enjoyed, uh, obviously, I was I was a teenager up in, at midnight watching ECW like I shouldn't have been. Luckily, my parents didn't really care, you know, because Raw was just as bad almost basically. So at that time, so. Um, he innovated the cruiserweight division that WWF and WCW replicated and stole. Um, a lot of the hardcore stuff and extreme stuff that he he did, they started taking. They started taking a lot of his talent from him. He just didn't have the money to keep up. Um, I'll agree with Magic when a lot of his newer stuff is great. I got to say his John Cena theme is the best. <laughs> you know, it was really good. Um his stuff, I mean, he should, and he's actually, you know, he's gained some weight like we all do when we get a little older. So he fits like that annoying, tight, thick boned manager that everyone we, hates. We, we had somebody, we had a listener send in a question for Reliving the Extreme. Um, and it, the, it was actually kind of a cool, cool little exercise. They were, they gave us like some characters or some people in ECW and they wanted us to cast a movie about ECW. Like who would you have play these people? And I totally picked Danny DeVito to play Paul Heyman. Yeah, exactly. He's like Danny. If Danny DeVito were to come to the WWE and he was a heel manager, it would be epic. You know, this, I don't disagree, but I almost see like Penguin DeVito. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. He's the penguin on WWE. Like, it's the penguin. <laughs> Ooh, you know, <laughs> he would be, he reminds me of Danny DeVito. That's a good call. You know, he reminds me of a less shrilled Paul Bearer. Right. You know, yeah. he, you know not as iconic, and, and people loved Paul, but when he was like with Kane, you know. Mm-hmm. And dyed his hair brown, and people hated Paul then. They're like, I hate this guy. You know, that's that is Paul Heyman, and he deserves it for just from what he's done and, and all of that. So, but uh, I, I'm just really surprised Vader didn't make it in over Paul Heyman. So, yes, quickly, that's the class of 2022. Quickly to end the segment here, we'll go through some people that that uh, we all, um, voted for that did not make it in and i'll start with you david you mentioned vader um i didn't vote for vader but i can absolutely see what you're saying one of the biggest best big men of all time i voted for rick rude too you also voted for rude uh sensational sherry yep and mick Mick foley Foley. yes so those were the ones is there anybody you, you are gonna hardcore like try to make the case for for next year I mean, Rick Rude. I mean, he's a he's a Kurt Henning, right? Like, he's just like great in the ring, annoying guy, calling people fat, greasy pigs. You know, perfect body. Did the little dance. Women loved him. 
you know. And then also another thing, and I didn't mean to cut you off. Put your wife on his pants. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then also, also, then he goes to WCW and he kind of changes it up and it's not so much the male stripper thing and he just becomes more of like a badass and he's even really good at that. Yeah, he's still ravishing Rick Rude, but if you watch him in WCW, it's a completely different gimmick. You know, he's more of like a badass brawler that it is just, and he's so good at it. And he's on that short list of DX and NWO. Yeah. <laughs> so Magic, the people that you voted for that did not make it in this year were Ricky Steamboat. Um, John Cena, who I agree with you on, <laughs> Sting, and Sherry. Yeah, so um, Steamboat, I think, is a victim of time. He just wasn't big enough when wrestling got big. Um, but I 100% believe, feel, and mean this. Ric Flair is not Ric Flair without Steamboat. Um, it's true. And you know, not there's a, there's a couple people like you could probably say the same thing with Dusty, but Flair, um, Flair, Steamboat brought the best out of Flair that anybody did. Exactly. And Macho Man, and Macho exactly. Man, that was the best match ever. So. Yes, one one of my favorites, and I often refer to that as best match ever. But um, let's see, and Cena, Cena deserves it, and I was. Forever the longest, oh, this corny dude, whatever. But here, here, here's where I'll put it in perspective. And I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, go ahead. Here's, go ahead. here's where here's where I put it into perspective is okay, Hulk Hogan was the top guy in the WWF from 1984 to 1993. So that was nine years. Mm-hmm. John Cena was the top guy in WWE for almost 15 years. So he actually had a longer, more sustained run than Hulk Hogan did. And I'm not taking any way thing away from Hulk Hogan, but John Cena is in, in that pantheon of, of, of the, the great superstars. of all. I hate to cut you off. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) That's technically 10 years, but at the end of the day, let's compare from 84 to 93, the, talent and the wrestlers and the managers and the announcers that were around both companies versus when Cena was on top. I would put, I would put, I I would put John Cena versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23 up against any Hulk Hogan match I've ever seen and say it's better. My point is is there was so many more, there's a lot of talented guys now and gals now in fact, they're way more athletic. They do a lot more different moves that a lot of the, I couldn't do if I even dreamed of it. Right. But at the end of the day, the larger than life characters that were around from 84 to 93 were way, there were so many more. And I could name 50 or 60 of them between both companies. I can only name like a handful between 07 and now when Cena was on top. And that's why I love this shit because I love the debate. I love this. None of us are wrong. <laughs> Nate, is is The Rock in our Hall of Fame? No. Is no. Stone Cold in the Hall of Fame? Yes. yes. Stone Cold was Stone Cold was first year, you know, first year. How the long Rock, was Stone Cold's career? 
way shorter. And, his and not as ECW, WCW, because that don't count. No, yeah. But it's way shorter. Time. But you do have to count those years, though. You can't just take those away. You can, because he was nothing then. Sorry he, to break it to you. He, he was a mid-carder, but he still was good. Like, he was Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, mid-card level. I mean, he, he was he was an okay worker. He was a mechanic. But but I could, you could argue that it was from 96 to 2001. Okay, so five years. Yeah, about five, five years. Yeah. How long, and you can take away these last couple where he's a part-time wrestler. How long was John Cena on Well, he top? was a mid-carder until 2005 when he won his first belt against JBL. So he was on top from 05 to, you could argue, CM Punk. And when was that? 2011, so that's six years. And then you can argue he got back on top from 12 to 14, so maybe nine at best. Yeah, so we'll- – my years are a little different, but I think he's on top and the man for over 10 years straight. Um, and when, when we talk about wrestling and being at the top, and I know I say stone cold, I know injuries and everything else is what got him, but there's not many who can do that. And there's not many that demand the star power and drawing power that he does. Even this last little match he had with KO, the fans could care less about anyone else. They really could say what I you will. I don't argue his his. I could argue that there were he got more. He was on Kurt Angle status where he got more booze and cheers for quite a while, and he was rather um, stale. He he hit Hogan status for a little while there, where people were just sick and tired of it. But was it really? I yeah, think yes, it was because I mean people were chanting those, Cena sucks. Right, they were chanting <laughs> Cena sucks because they were tired of it. He should have went heel like Hogan did. It got stale. No, it's one hundred percent still getting a reaction that you want. It is, but it's not what he. It he was. was it wasn't Cena sucks. We hate him. It's Cena sucks because that's the cool thing to say and do. Cena right? sucks because he needs to be a heel, and we're tired of his seventeen title reign. We're tired of it. Now I don't I mean, disagree though, possible. but there, but there I will are a lot say, more. Like, I think different times, in my opinion, just in my opinion, there, there's a handful of guys in there right now that Cena should go in over. Once again, no offense to any of those or nothing putting any of them down. Yeah, there's no I way there's think, no there's no there's no doubt about the fact that John Cena should be in a Hall of Fame before Paul Heyman. And that's not hating on Paul Heyman. But right. And, and I think Cena is a voting. victim. I think <laughs> Cena is a victim of it's cool to say Cena sucks. It's the voting. Look who is voting. Look who. How many people voted, Nate? Eight? Nine? No, no. We have. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me count real quick because I actually got some. There were some more people this year. We're we're all golden era, attitude era, WCW guys for the most part. Agree yeah, to disagree. I mean, I mean, so we're gonna vote for yeah. like. I would be curious about our median age. I'm going to guess it's probably around 40. Yeah, I would say so. We have 13 panelists, and I would yeah, say so it's everybody's probably between 35 there's some, and 30. There's some that are like, I think Mark Bruce in his 20s. And then Chad's probably the oldest. He's in his 50s. Well, I don't yeah, know so how old, I don't know how old Dave Dynasty is, but anyway, yeah. yeah. Everybody's in that range where it's like, 
we're, we're actually not taking anything away from Cena. We're taking things away from the product that he was in and the quality that was around him and, and the era that he happened to come up in, which was the PG era. And we were all butthurt because we missed in, TVMA in, and, and we in, missed. In 20, in 20, years, there, then 20 years, there are going to be guys that are our age talking about this era like it's the golden era of wrestling. Yeah. That's why I always say wrestling is Absolutely. such a generational thing. Like I see so much stuff now. I don't know if you guys do, but I see so much stuff now about people talking about the ruthless aggression era like it's. <laughs> like it's like we would the WWF in '89, and I'm like, God, like we, I feel so old. Like we talk about Woodstock. Ruthless <laughs> yeah. aggression was great until like 2008. Yeah, yes, it was great. I actually want to have a podcast sometime where we talk about the fact that, and I don't want to get into it here because I want to do it as a show. But ruthless aggression is a better era of wrestling than the Attitude Era. At the end of the day. Um, and, and I can make that case. I won't fight about it today, but I want to have you guys hey, back with me to fight wait, about it. You, you know, it's funny that we're getting in this. You remember at the beginning of the show when I talked, when I said we could say what color the rope should be and we'd go for three. <laughs> this is exactly yeah. what we I'm would talking. talk about the six sided ring. <laughs> yeah. That used to have, like, <laughs> and, and 20 years from now, to your point, Nate, people will be saying that like Dan Housen, is a hall of famer, right? It's yeah. different eras. Like, and they may not even know who the hell Fred Blassie was. They, it, people so now from 2007 passed. born on don't know who Freddie Blassie is, you know, right. don't yeah. know who Harley race is. Don't know who, you know, people know who Andre the giant is because they're still making figures and, right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah don't even get me started on that most recent super seven one, by the way, you know, that's you a know, whole nother episode. That's a good point that Gold just brought up, though. Like, um, there are a lot of wrestlers that will live on forever in pop culture, not even mm -hmm. wrestling culture. Not of, and Andre's one of those guys, and yeah. uh, you know, Ric Flair will end up being one of those guys. There's so many Ric Flair fans now who want to buy his weed and everything else, and it's more because a rapper talks about him or, well, or he's yeah, a it, it, it is absolutely it's it's like i said it's such a generational thing like for instance and i'm a nerd i always say that i'm a nerd if i talk to most wrestling fans that are of our age group and i i say the drawing power of jim londos they'll look at me like i have a dildo growing out of my forehead <laughs> like jim londos yeah jim londos in the 1920s actually sold more tickets than hulk hogan and rick flair ever sold but again, it's that whole time thing. You yeah, know, but tickets time is... were like 50 cents. <laughs> Come on. But, eh? but they had to choose between tickets and bread. That's what I'm I saying. Could, I could, I could, he sold out like, a million tickets. We could do a whole episode on how like, burgers were like a nickel, but people were still making 40 grand a year. Get a nickel burger. You know what I mean? Like. It, it, we could go all in on that, right? You know, but, but yes, 19, you know, Bruno sold more tickets than Hogan did too at one point. So sh showing, showing the nerd and me will go down the people that I voted for that did not get in this year. And um, the one I've, I have been fighting for since the beginning and I continue to is Ricky Dozon. And the reason I keep voting for Ricky Dozon, I said it earlier, his feud with, with Fred Blassie in Japan actually was the reason people bought TVs in Japan. And for the, all the people that love Japanese wrestling now, I'm not one of those people that pretends to love Japanese wrestling. I don't have time in my life to watch it. But for all the people that love NJPW now 
and just in general, there is no New Japan, there is no All Japan, there is no Japanese wrestling scene without Ricky Dozon to start it. He was actually the guy. He was actually the guy that trained Baba, trained Inoki, and, and he was killed, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I. I don't is remember it, exactly. Was it wrestling related, or no? I think he was stabbed. I think he got stabbed, and and the only reason he died was because the knife wasn't clean, so he got sepsis. If I'm remembering oh, wow. the story correctly, but yeah, he he was killed in like his forties. Uh. But I keep making the case for Ricky Dozon, and then I also did vote for Cena. I voted for the original Sheik. Um, he. I just read Brian R. Solomon's book about him. And when you really dig into the success that he was, you know, before the, the hardcore television era or the, the WWF expansion third year in a row, I voted for Stu Hart. And then this year I did actually vote for the junkyard dog. And that also has kind of a historical perspective because one of the things that one of the criteria is this is, is influence on a promotion or territory and literally the mid South territory was never hotter than when JYD was the top guy in, in, um, in Louisiana and Georgia. And he was just so popular there. And so he was like, like you talked about cultural icon in that part of the country, Jake junkyard dog was actually a cultural icon who that, came from junkyard dog that's where that came from that was like that was what the the people in louisiana chanted to jyd back in the day so anyway those are the guys that i'd make the case for and uh i love the debate i love the discussion that's why this is my favorite thing to do every year and two of my favorite guys to do it with mr majewski and mr gold yes thank you nate uh we love you as well and I always love this time of the year, too, because, you know what, a year from now, we're going to be making cases for probably some of the same guys. Some of the guys are going to be able to slip in. New guys are going to come up. And, man, you give us any topic, and we can go back and forth and both be right and wrong at the same time. David? Great show, as always. I love the differences of opinions, but also the like-mindedness of our opinions. Just want to uh, say, if anyone listening, uh, send your love and prayers to Kevin Nash. He's going through a very tough time right now. I couldn't imagine losing a kid oh, ever in life. And then your best friend just right before that. Um, it, it's really a tough time for him. Send your love and prayers. And um, other than that, I can't wait for next year so we can argue about the next person that should be in. I'm, na- I'm nominating Gilbert, not gold, Gilbert. I mean, he was one of the longest reigning. Uh, he is the longest reigning cruiserweight champion in history. So there you go. Hornswoggle 2023. <laughs> and there you have it, everybody. My discussion with David Gold and John Majewski on this year's 2020, the 2022, this year's, the 2022 class of the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame, still trying to get Ricky Dozon in. I am, I am. But anyway, um, I want to thank David and John for joining me this week on the show. And next week, I will have more members of our panel to discuss the Hall of Fame. This will be a series of a few um, episodes of the show. Um, uh, My brother Aaron, of course, Chad Austin from Reliving the Extreme. Uh, Dave Dynasty is one of our uh, panelists. Um, I'll be talking to Archie Mitchell, Mark Brew. Any of the other panelists, Ian Totten, Chris Zaha, I welcome anybody to the show to come on and talk about the Hall of Fame. 
But that being said, before I sign off this week, I just want to remind everybody that the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network is now on YouTube. We will be providing video content along with like video clips of recordings of the show that I think are entertaining that you'd like to see. So please do search out the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network, WrestleNet being one word, on YouTube. And uh, we appreciate your support. And once we get to 100 subscribers on that YouTube page, I am going to do a pretty massive giveaway. So keep that in mind. Check us out on YouTube. And that being said, I am going to sign off for this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll be back next week to talk more about the Hall of Fame. Have a great weekend, everybody.